Ghosts in Us contains serious and sometimes disturbing events and is not suitable for all audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. My name is Blaine Rezach. In my short time as a paranormal investigator, I've seen some unexplainable things. The hell was that? I don't feel comfortable from over there. While I love experiencing stuff for myself during investigations, what I'm most interested in is hearing other people's experiences. In this podcast, you'll join me listening to these stories firsthand because this is Ghosts in Us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of the Ghosts in Us podcast. Uh, as you heard in the intro, my name is Blaine Rezach, and I am one of the two lead investigators on the Ghosts in Us team. Um, with me today, I have my very first guest, Gavin Annette, one of my very close friends. Um, when I pitched this idea to him, I said, this is my idea for a podcast. I want to talk to people because my favorite, one of my favorite things to do um, before an investigation is always I want to hear what other people experience. I love hearing other people's ghost stories because through the dawn of time, people have always told ghost stories. And I, I, whether you believe in the paranormal or believe in another afterlife or not, stories aren't always made up. They always come from some type of inspiration. So something, in my opinion, had to have happened to somebody for this story to be told. And, and that's why I got into the, the paranormal field, if you will. And, and that's it's just one of my favorite things to, to talk about. So I wanted to do a show where I literally sit people down, whether it be via zoom or via in person, like I have Gavin here. Um, and I, and I just want them to tell me their stories and, and share them with the world. Because if we can, if we can just keep sharing stories, like the, the thought of something out there will never truly no pun intended die. And and I and I just really enjoy that aspect. So, Gavin, you told me you have a story and I was genuinely interested. But I was like, don't tell me right away in person because I need I want my reactions to be genuine. So what happened? What happened to you? Oh, God. Um, I mean, actually. <laughs> I suppose I have to start with where to begin. Um, and I I do like telling these stories because. I, and I'm and I'm appreciative of you opening up this forum for you know those people who have had experiences that may or may not be believable by right. other audiences. And um, I I assure you that everything that I say today, I'm not just like oh look at me. Um, yeah, I everything. want this to be a space where like if I tell you this, you're gonna think I'm crazy. No, I'm not. I I genuinely like if you were to tell me like I did something outside and then and, and then I got scratched because I did this thing. I that's something that could happen. Like nothing is completely off the table when it comes to dealing with things that you can't see. Yeah. Like if I watched you back up into a wall during an investigation or like I did that once. Like I I walked into the wall backwards and I like I scraped my neck and I didn't notice it at first, but then I, I like felt it, my skin raise up. Like you had like that scratch mm -hmm. and I was like, Oh, it's probably because I backed up as well. Like you can debunk things. That's perfectly okay. I just, I want to know 
there's there's always something genuine too when it comes to doing something like that. Like I witnessed a cat ball light up 26 times in front of my own eyes on a camera. I, I watched it light up, and there's nothing there's nothing moving it. There's it's on a con concrete floor. It was nuts. That was over 30 minutes. To me, that was in, insane. I've heard disembodied humming. I've seen and heard so many different things in just a short time, and I and I want people to have a like you said like a spot to to share those stories i'm never gonna think you're crazy you could tell me the most wildest thing ever i'd be like wow that's that's insane so sorry i don't mean to interrupt you. no it's fine i really don't no, it's I fine i i love the passion i gotta say i i love finding people who are just as involved in this kind of stuff as as i have been and um, I've gone on a few investigations myself and my like kind of to partially start the story, my life has in some way, shape or form throughout, you know, throughout my 30, almost 31 years in at one point or another, I've been involved with the paranormal or at least what one could consider the paranormal in one way or another. Um, <clears throat> so it's it's nice to find people who are just as like enthusiastic about yeah. it because um, then you're like oh good at least one person won't think i'm totally crazy right <laughs> <laughs> so um i guess to start my story uh we're just gonna get the the crazy stuff right out of the way you know yeah let's not? Go. let's so right in. um to to preface everything um when i was growing up uh so f uh just as a little bit of background, I'm actually from uh, Washington State. I grew up in Western Washington um, from birth, born and raised in Bellevue. I grew up in a small town called Carnation, uh, moved to Burien when I was uh, 10 or 11, and then I lived in Federal Way. All these names, depending on where you live in, in the country, this may or may not mean anything to you. But um, the entire time I was growing up, my family, and this is like my grandparents and my dad and my aunts and uncles, we all had this like common story that we would carry around that everyone in the family has like a, a quirk or a, a thing. And it's been proven to, or I suppose one could say proven to myself and to my family multiple times, uh, whether it's some form of clairvoyance or some form of healing ability, um, and even saying healing ability sounds strange. I suppose let's let's use an example. Sure. Um, my grandfather on multiple occasions has had just quick little moments of intuition that normally could not be otherwise influenced, I guess. Uh, one point that was told to me was that one time my dad, when he was growing up, he was probably about six or seven, uh, he was playing out in the woods behind my grandparents' house, and my grandpa was sitting in the kitchen, totally out of sight of my of my dad. And he all of a sudden, and it gets a little morbid, he all of a sudden got just this flash of an image in his mind of my dad um, lying face down in a creek, like he had drowned. Wow! And he immediately got up and ran outside. He knew my dad had gone into the woods, but he didn't expect that. But he just saw this image and he ran out into the woods just in time to catch my dad as he was falling off a log into the creek. Jeez. Like he got Are there just kidding? in the in the nick of time. Um, otherwise, my dad would have fallen face first into the creek. 
pardon my language because but this is an explicit podcast. I haven't yeah, listened to that that's fucking insane. Yeah. Are you serious? And it happened it happened more than once in in some variation or another. Um my both my aunt and my grandmother uh had I, I, I guess you could call it healing abilities uh, with my grandma and with my aunt. It was both through food. For some reason, they could make things like if um, and, and it would be just innocuous things like it would be chicken noodle soup or it would be something. But it like if someone was super sick, they would be better like the next day. Completely no symptoms or anything just by eating whatever food or if, um, you know, if they were injured somewhere like I remember my dad again it was for my dad at one point he actually got like a bruise on his arm um from playing outside and my grandmother made like this herbal thing and the next day the bruise was completely gone completely gone it had no there was no damage whatsoever um just strange things like that um that's not that's not did they go into the medical field at all? Like, no, no, not at all. They should have, I think. Uh, actually, my aunt, uh, my aunt was a nurse until a few years ago. She was a, uh, or at least a nurse's assistant. She worked at uh, one of the local hospitals, but uh, but in that case, it wasn't it wasn't anything like oh, I'm gonna put like, you know, penicillin or something right. in there. I don't know what. It was just it was food. It was just regular things that you would normally eat, but for some reason, it had this like seemingly healing effect on our family um in my case to you know get back to me um i through various experiences i discovered that i have prophetic dreams and to the point where i remember every i remember the majority of my dreams because they have in one way shape or another come true in my waking life um and where I knew it was like for sure, there were there are two specific dreams that I had, but the one that like kind of kn- was the nail in the coffin for my for my realization. Um, when I was still in high school, there was a classmate of mine that I I never really talked to him. Like he, we were very much in different social circles, and we just shared a few of the same classes. But there was one night where I I had this very involved weird dream um i remember i was wandering through the woods and i came upon this tower and i knocked on the door and i I had the sense that i was just lost in the woods and so i knocked on this door and these two monk like men opened the door and they're like oh you're lost come stay with us for the evening so they gave me a bed to sleep in and i laid down and i kind of fell into a dream within a dream where i'm back in the forest and something was chasing me or something was hunting me I could feel it like and I was for some reason I was standing in the forest with a shotgun like I had a double barrel shotgun in my hand and I was like looking around like it's coming it's coming and all of a sudden my vision switched to the eyes of this creature whatever it was or this thing and it was it was very cinematic where it was like all in reds everything was in reds and it was flying like yeah like it was zooming through the woods towards me. I could see myself in its eyes. And as it's about to hit me, I turn and I raise the gun and I fire. And the gun blast actually woke me up out of this like inner dream right. into the main one. 
And as I'm waking up, I get this distinct feeling that someone is standing at the foot of this bed that the monks had given me. Like I could feel this presence and I could hear this like buzzing, like an an electrical charge was building. And so I turn on the light next to the bed and there is a man standing at the foot of the bed. And he is like, I remember he's, he could have, he could have been shorter, but he seemed like seven or eight feet tall, skeletally thin and his skin was like this grayish brown kind of color. It was almost like he was covered in ash and he had no hair whatsoever. And all he was wearing was a pair of these like tattered brown pants. And he started to speak and he only said a few words, but his voice was in this very electronic monotone. Like a, it was coming through a, like a voice modulator, but it was deafening. And all he said was, Um, And I'm going to keep the person's name anonymous, but he said, tell this person he is in danger. And as he says this, my real bedroom started to like fade into this dream. And I could tell I was like waking up, but the man was still standing at the foot of now my bed in my bedroom. He was there for easily 10 to 15 seconds after I knew I was awake and he's just standing there staring at me and I couldn't move. I couldn't. Like it, it seems very reminiscent of a, of like a regular night terror, which I, I feel like it might have been, um, but then he just faded away from vision, and I said I laid there for a while, just going like, what the actual, f-? <laughs> um, and so something told me that day because you know I think it was in the middle of the week that I had that dream, so the next day I decided I'm gonna tell him. Like he, I was told, like, I just, I had this, this, you had the urge, I had this compulsion to, to tell this person, like it seemed important. So I went up to this otherwise random student that I, I saw him in class, but we never really talked or anything. And I said, Hey, you know, how, how you doing? Are you doing okay? Uh, just let me, let me know if you ever want to talk. And naturally, like when you have someone who you've never really talked to or known before, yeah. just come up and randomly say something like that, you're like, "Yeah, okay." Like w- you're weirded whatever. out, yeah. Like, like a little bit, like, "Oh, whatever." A week later, he overdosed. He's not dead, right? Um, he survived, but it it definitely changed his life. Um, he had to relearn how to walk, how to talk, how to eat, all of his basic functions, but. He uh, something told me that something was wrong with this particular person. And about a week later, it happened. And there were a couple other instances, dreams that I've had where almost exactly a week later, those dreams happened in real life. And I've lived almost my entire life with very powerful deja vu. And I've realized that those were all dreams that I've had. So I don't know what it is, but these things connect. Um, but enough about (laughs) me and my peculiarities I suppose we want to get to the actual ghosts so I suppose I I told that story as kind of a lead up right I mean hey man this is all this is this is is the stuff I I love hearing like any little thing can can really lead to something because I mean I was telling you this the other day because I'm in one of your shows at a theater company that we that we go to and that we offer in our at. And I was telling you, man, like 
I had a really like weird dream one day before I even went to work. I was, I had the weird dream where I, I was watching like somebody reenact like one of those, like AETV, one of like their reenactments of like a ghost story type of deal. Like I'm the camera person and I'm watching it go down. I'm watching this weird and it, it was very distinctly like a demonic what you would think a demonic possession would look like like i saw two these two kids i saw this blonde woman like i could i could tell you their facial features to a t i've never met these people before in my life but like i'm watching like this black aura and i'm like she she's like trying to protect the kids so she takes it like i heard the demonic like electrically charged like scream and i'm like what is happening like why am i dreaming this right now I wake up and no coincidence, I walk into my bathroom and I see a defined like head and shoulders walk towards my shower through one of the mirrors. And I'm like getting chills talking about it right now because it was so, so coincidental that I would have a weird, like ghostly dream, something like that. Things I would never usually dream about. And I hardly dream as it is. And it's, I see what I think is a figure walk across my bathroom mirror. And it's at an angle that you would never see me walk through. Like, I tried debunking it once I got home, and it was 4 in the morning. I'm like, I'm tired. It's me. I thought about it all day, and I try ho- go home, and I try to debunk it, and I can't. So I'm like, I have to chalk it up to – sorry, I just bumped my mic stand. What the, what the hell was that? Like, I have yeah. to chalk it up to something unknown because I can't recreate it. And it's – and it's those little things that I, I love hearing about. So, like, your lead-up story was genuinely interesting. Like, I was on edge the entire time. Well, and, and of course, like like you said earlier, you, you try to debunk these things. Yeah. You try to explain them away just so you have some sense of reality within them. And I, I thought it over and over. And, you know, psychologists say that whether we're aware of it or not, sometimes we are in tune with the people around us, whether we, you know, have interactions with them or not. But this is a, this is a a student, a classmate that I was very far removed from. Right. And I never really noticed or took them into account at all. So it, it seemed unlikely to me that I would have that specific of a, of a attunement to what was going on in their life to where my mind would then be like, Oh, Hey, you noticed something wrong. Like you need to speak up. Because in any in pretty much every situation, I had no idea what was going on in their life and right. never heard them talk about it or never noticed anything. Um, so either the mind is an incredibly self-reliant thing or as I'm becoming more and more comfortable accepting there might have been a third party that said, hey, maybe you can do something. Right. So, um but I use that story just to to emphasize that throughout my life I have had experiences like this in one way or another. My, you know, I up and up even until just a, a couple of weeks ago, like I've seen just little things or felt or heard or had all these experiences. But the one story that really sticks out to me um, is it took place again back in in Washington State. Um, to give a little bit of background, my grandmother had actually passed away, um, in March of 2016. Um, and I got the call that evening. Um, I was, I was living with roommates in a town about 20, 30 miles away. I got a call from one of my cousins who had been informed, uh, by his mom, who had been informed by my 
cousin who actually my other cousin who actually lived with my grandparents um, had been informed that my grandmother had passed away in her sleep. And so the over the next couple of days, I made arrangements to actually move in with my grandfather and my cousin just to try to help in whatever way I could try to um, because my my grandfather uh, was and, and now currently is struggling with dementia. Um, it was just kind of starting to peek through at that time. And obviously now it has progressed a little bit, but I wanted to do what I could to, to try to mitigate as much of the, the stress and the strain, Mm -hmm. because obviously there's a lot that goes on with that. If anyone's ever lost a loved one, it is an incredibly hectic and stressful time. Right. So I moved in with my grandfather and my cousin and I was there for about six months or so. Um, I think it was there from March to September or October or so. Um, And there was one evening where my cousin and I were just kind of hanging out. Um, And admittedly, we were drinking quite a bit. We just decided, you know, I think it was a Friday, Thursday or Friday night, and we were just like, ah, screw it. So we were downstairs. I had taken up the kind of family room area in the downs, in the the basement of this house. Um, One of those kind of traditional split levels where you go through the front door and then you have the staircase going up to the living room, down to the basement area and the garage. So I'd taken the downstairs area as kind of my little mini studio apartment. And so we're sitting out outside um, just having drinks and kind of talking. And we decided to go upstairs. We needed to check on my grandfather who had gone to sleep uh, probably about an hour or two beforehand, just go check on him. And we were kind of hungry. So we went upstairs and, we hadn't turned on any lights. We were both, I mean, I grew up in that house, so I was familiar. I could yeah. probably find my way around there if I went blind the following day. Um, so we went upstairs to get stuff, and we just, you know, we sat down in the living room, just like, oh, my God. Right, we, yeah, yeah. Admittedly, we were, we were quite drunk. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to, full disclosure, we <laughs> no, were, right, we were yeah. very drunk. Um, but we were just kind of sitting in the living room, and I had sat, or my cousin had sat on, like, the main couch, I had sat in a recliner that was in the corner of the room and that happened to be the recliner that my grandmother had pretty much lived in for years. Um, before she passed away, she developed pulmonary fibrosis and it, it just, it, it ravaged her and the doctors had her on so many different medications to try to mitigate it that it kind of just, it sent her into just this alternate state of consciousness. It was very, very difficult to see her in that way, but she basically lived in that chair for years before she passed. Um, and for some re- and normally I avoided that chair. I was at the time still having some, some problems coming to terms with her passing and with kind of the, the lead up to it. And right. I, and I had, I guess this superstitious almost kind of aversion to sitting in that chair. Yeah. It was either, it it was either like a memorial kind of thing or there were just vibes right. no, with I the chair. But on this night in particular, I said, that ah, fuck it. So I sat down in the chair and my cousin is over in the couch and we're just kind of sitting there kind of letting things settle. And it was almost completely dark in the in the living in in the living room but there was a street light directly outside of this window. So you could see a little bit, just very barely. And as I'm kind of glancing around the room, I'm just kind of scanning around. And 
right next to the living room is the dining room. And in the corner of the dining room was this like old grandfather clock that my grandfather had gotten years and years ago. And as my eyes traveled over to the clock, it, it's, it's kind of hard to explain. And it, it's still, it's something I think about often, but I look over at the clock and there is the very distinct shape of a man wearing a hat almost like he is like standing next to and kind of behind the clock right. staring directly at me and i could see the outline there was nothing over in that corner besides the clock that could have made that shape on the wall itself the just you described that sounds the just light there was nothing so. between the light and the clock that would make that kind of silhouette right, yeah, yeah. it was a very clear very distinct shape of a man standing in the corner next to the clock that's so terrifying and it was completely involuntary, but I started crying. I hadn't felt any... It, 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 there was a fear there, but it wasn't like... It was more of like that initial, like, what the hell is that? Right. But as I'm saying, what the hell is that? I just start crying. Just unbidden tears are coming out of my eyes. And I'm like locked into this chair because the man is staring at me. I couldn't see his face. I couldn't see his features, but I could tell that his eyes were locked on me. Right. And I, without, without breaking con, you know, line of vision with it. I, I asked my cousin, I was like, I need you to come sit in this chair and tell me what you see. And I got up and I kept looking in the corner and it was still there. And he didn't seem to notice any, he was looking over where I was looking um, he didn't seem to see anything, but we switched places. And as soon as he sat down and looked where I was looking, the same exact thing happened to him. He started crying and he, without any prompting, he said, is there a man in the corner next to the clock? And I said, you see it too. And he was, and he actually sat in the chair longer than I did. Like, I don't think he could move. And I even a couple times was like, we need to go. Let's go. I had this distinct feeling like. You need to get out. You need to- not that it was danger, but just that he wanted, whoever this figure was wanted to be alone. Right. It's still scary. Like we, like, like we'd almost, it almost kind of had the distinct feeling like we'd intruded upon his time. Yeah. Like it was his time to be in the area and we'd kind of interrupted. So it wasn't like an anger, but it was more of like a, could you please go away? Right. But the, just that sudden burst of emotion that came from it there was so much it was not only that slight annoyance but it was like we we interrupted something very private and there was a a sorrow there there was a a, and i think that's why i started crying because there was just this overwhelming sense of like mourning and so i finally got my cousin out of the chair and we went back downstairs and finished the bottle we were working on but um Ever since then, we, I could tell that we both kept looking in that corner. We never saw this figure again, but we always kind of felt that vibe. Right. Like something was lurking in that corner. And um, the house itself, there were, there were just vibes in there. I, and I would hear things going up and down the stairs. Um, I would... I would swear that I saw someone going down the hallway when I knew I was the only person at home. It it was a very active 
space. Right. And granted, so many of my family had come in and out of that house, but my grandmother was the only one that actually passed away in the house. Um, so I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't tell who these people were. And my family was the only one to own this house. They had the house built for them or for my grandparents had it built for them. Right. So, um, it was just strange to have these other images come out and make themselves known. But that was the one that stuck out to me the most. Cause it was, that was the one that, uh, affected me the most out of everything that I've seen, just because it was just this very, distinct emotional outpouring that came from it right. and the fact that someone else corroborated it at the same time without my prompting. That's that's nuts, dude. It was a lot. <laughs> I can yeah, I can imagine, jeez. So, I I think one question that I really want to ask you now is but before everything, what, what have you considered yourself uh, a believer of the paranormal before any of that? I've I like to consider myself skeptically optimistic. Okay, where I'm I'm willing to accept it because it hasn't been totally proven wrong to me yet. I still try to do the debunking. I still try to yeah. make sure it's it could this be explained in any rational, logical, physical way. Um but I also I do have that hope that there's something else or at least, not that hope necessarily, but I I have that openness or that willingness to say, "Hey, you know, it hasn't been proven, you know, fake or false to me quite yet there's not incontrovertible proof that ghosts or spirits or things do or do not exist and I feel like the experiences that I've had have kind of amplified that feeling I was like well you know I I don't know if there is evidence to say things aren't as they seem you know um so I I like to keep myself open and I had you know most of growing up I I was open to the to the possibility of, of paranormal or supernatural, or I think they even call it like supernormal or something like that now. But oh. you know those other otherworldly influences. I yeah. I didn't outright say no; they can't exist. That well, I just want to say a big thank you to be on the show as my first guest because this that's insane. Like. You're describing a thing to me, and I'm, I literally felt the chills down my spine. You describing just the ashy dude. Like, that sounds so terrifying. And I think I was about 14 or 15 when I had that dream. That's even scarier to yes. have it as, like, a, an early teenager. That's nuts. Um, can't say I've ever had something like that happen. I've never – I've personally never seen anything that vivid. Like – yeah, I just described like the dream earlier, but like I never saw like what was causing it. I, it was just like like I said, like it was a weird black mist in mine. And it's just I just chalked it up to maybe I'm just watching too much TV. But having that coincidence afterwards of seeing the person walk in my mirror and I've seen people I've heard like talking through a wall. And I as soon as you like try to listen for it, like make out words that you just you can't hear it anymore but once you stop you hear it again and it's and it's that weird stuff where you're just like maybe it could have just been my imagination but your story is just 
have, having another person experience it and having people like being able to say, yes, I saw it. Another person saw it. We both had the same reaction. You, you to me, you can't explain that. Like there's no words that can be put into like scientifically disprove that it's not something else. And uh, that's what I love hearing. So again, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, if you want to follow us, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. You can subscribe to our YouTube page. This podcast is going to be going up there. As you can see, this is a video feed. Um, I have a couple cameras set up, so that's nice. And um, you can follow us on social media. We have a TikTok. We have a we have Instagram. We have Twitter. Everything is at Ghosts and Us. Um, I have our first uh, filmed investigation up there. It, it just got uploaded as of recording this like a week, a couple days ago, almost a week now, uh, where we invest. my team and I investigated the Holy Trinity Convent house in Jericho, Wisconsin. Um, we are looking to have another investigation sometime after April, and I know you've expressed interest in wanting to come. So hopefully we can get you uh, on the team and, and investigating with us because that would be really fun. I would love that. Um, also, if you want to be on the show, submit your submit like a short description of like what you want to talk about. You can email us at ghostsandus at gmail.com. I am the sole host of this podcast, so I will be uh, looking forward to any and all uh, participants, I already have a couple lined up, which is nice. I have a couple of your cast uh, from the Haunting of Hill House here at uh, the Mikado Theater uh, through your Royal Entourage Players um, Theater Company. Uh, a couple of your cast said they uh, had some, ex some experiences, so I'm looking forward to talking to them. Um, and I have one of my friends named Becca who is going to be on the show because... All throughout college, she would always tell me about ghost stories in her house, so I really need to hear more about that. Perfect. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you are, um, feel free to hit the follow button on Spotify. Feel free to hit the follow on Apple. Uh, leave a five-star review if you would. That'd be greatly appreciated. That helps us get this show out to more people. And um, I feel like this is a, a good show to, to dish out to people because this is, this is coming directly from the source. As you can see, I have Gavin right here speaking to him like he told me his story and that's what i want to hear is the stories directly from you i'm not getting this from reddit i'm not getting this from like a social media page directly from dare i say the horse's mouth i mean like you i i can't get any more real than this so um again follow leave a review if you would it'd be greatly appreciated and make sure you subscribe to our youtube page and follow us on any and all uh, links that I have. Uh, I have a link tree, so you can just click on that and you will be directed. That will be in the description of the YouTube video. So again, uh, stay spooky, everybody, and I will be back next time with hopefully some of the cast from The Haunting of Hill House before they open. So stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs>